Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation, episode number 66. 66 pickup sticks. That's what I wanted to say. Every time we have a six episode, I feel like I want to say that. We made it. Episode 66. You know, just to really, this is the one that we were waiting to get yeah. to. Any kind of... Uh, no reason why, but we're just... Well, it, not really. Can it be, <laughs> this is all made up. <laughs> can it be a palindrome if it's only two digits? Or like two characters? I don't know. What about if it's only one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every single letter word or every single digit is a palindrome. Yeah. I guess. We're just breaking the laws of <laughs> breaking the literary law, physics. The all right. We're here. It's uh, Joe and joined by Nick. And Elsie is not with us this evening. Sad. She's tending to the child. Uh, but we're here. We're back. We're, you know, just, I mean, wrapping up Oktoberfest season, starting to get into spooky season. Uh, <laughs> fall beers are here. And uh, a lot of variety. The weather's getting a little chilly. It's yeah. Time, things are changing. That's the scariest part for me is how chilly it's getting. Ooh, sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think all my long sleeve shirts and jackets are haunted. I'm not ready to, to put them on. Yeah, this uh, morning I, I had the first, first debate whether I should wear shorts or jeans to work today. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're already at that time of year. Jorts. That should have been your answer. There we go. Jorts. Yeah, I know. Like, I, the only jorts I own are actually hand cut and I cut them a little bit short. <laughs> so Pockets not, hang out the bottom. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure they'd be work appropriate, but... Uh, oh, like, they're that short? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> it also is like fall break for uh, for ECU. So uh, there's not really anybody around. It was the quietest day ever. Interesting. So no one's going to see. Yeah. But Quiet, quiet day on campus. Yeah. You mentioned fall. Fall beers. Seasonal beers. Seasonal beers. Well, we've got a few beers on deck today that we're excited to crack. Uh, these were af- actually sent up our way from one of our listeners, Matt Griffo from Florida. He's got some procured brews for us that are perfect for this time of year mm-hmm. there's a box he sent up with some pumpkin beers we've got some oktoberfest beers which we'll have at a separate time but uh we thought today we'd focus on the pumpkin one since it's just getting into that time of year we're almost a well we're not really almost to halloween but i guess we're yeah. a few weeks out so yeah we're getting pretty close now yeah and the first one up is a brewery that we're familiar with tripping animals brewing from doral florida I think I've mostly had IPAs from there, yeah. but we've had some up here. I know Driver Street Bottle Shops had mm-hmm. them in stock a few times. Lars was actually the first one that kind of drew my attention to that brewery. But yeah, they've been known to find their way up here in North Carolina, but haven't seen this pumpkin beer, which is pumpkin delic. It is a brown ale and it's 6% ABV brewed with pumpkin and spices. So pretty interesting. I think... As we get more into the conversation of pumpkin, uh, it'll be interesting to kind of discuss how the base beer can really affect the end result. Different uh, styles can be used. So we're going to start with this one, the Pumpkin Delic from Tripping Animals Brewing. What a beautiful crack. I get super nervous now because every time I have done that, I splash myself or the, the mic. Yeah, I was going to say, that one didn't have much splash. Beautiful pouring noise. Glassware today are some very nice Guinness pint glasses. 
You know, I love the audio of a good clean pour into a glass. Just sounds crispy coming through these headphones. I just have it on repeat at night through a sound machine. <laughs> That's my white noise machine. It's just beer pouring. <laughs> I wake up very thirsty. <laughs> my lips are dry. So, yeah, right off the bat, definitely has a darker hue to it. Uh, we're looking at kind of a coppery, dark amber color. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a almost a little reddish. I mean, mm-hmm. we're in a little bit of a more dim room. but And a pretty hearty like tan head that formed from the pour, and it's persisting pretty well. Yeah, and it looks nice and soft. Yeah. Soft, pillowy pillowy. foam. I think it just looks even better in a Guinness glass, just because I equate Guinness glasses to having like that, you know... Rich. Rich, really creamy head from the the Guinness. Now, this is definitely not a Guinness, but uh, it looks nice. It almost looks a little bit like a Smittic. I mean, kind of like that red ale. Yeah. But... um, I've not had one of those in a very long time. Oh, I know. I think it was when we went to that Irish pub in... Oh yeah. maybe. Oh yeah, that's right. We we're just Way down in, at Smittix and Guinnesses all night. <laughs> mm, smells really good. Yeah, it does. It doesn't smell like overly sugary sweet, either. right? Just like a nice, nice bit of spice. Yeah, with a bready undertone. Yeah, and I think sometimes you see these pumpkin beers that go heavily sweet and like aroma mm-hmm. and flavor. Some have a little more spice presence. Um, this one seems to be allowing that malt to come through from the brown ale, and you know it smells a little bit, a little bit spicy. Maybe some allspice, some nutmeg on the nose right off the bat. It's got an earthiness, nice earthiness yeah. to it. I think it's like some about it smells like fresh, fresh earth. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of curious if the pumpkin will actually come through in tasting it. So I'm going to give a swig. Yeah. Smelling it, like sticking my nose in the glass, it's a little cool in there. It reminds me of like just stepping outside and like taking a deep breath in on a cool fall morning. Just, I'm really, you know, feeling this nostalgia on this beer. Nostalgia. Mm, Yeah. You know what? I'm going to kind of skip ahead to mouthfeel. Noticeably dry, mm-hmm. at least for me. It's kind of making my uh, lips literally my powder. No. <laughs> yeah. It's coming out chalky. Um, it's dry mouthfeel and not super heavy. It's maybe medium medium bodied, but uh, noticeably a bit bitter as well, I'm, I'm, I'm finding. Yeah. I don't know if that's maybe because it's a, a brown ale base. Uh, maybe, you know, they don't have as much in terms of fermentable sugar, kind of adding to the body of the beer or the, I guess, unfermented sugar that would create some, some more of that kind of full, uh, fuller mouthfeel you can get from sometimes having yeah like a really uh, sugary beer. Yeah, and it's not like a sweet take on pumpkin. It's more like a, let's roast up some pumpkin and have it, but not like a too like sugary sweet pumpkin. Yeah, this is... Less of a dessert pumpkin beer and more of like have this with your, you know, fall meal, mm-hmm. a savory meal. Um, a I like succulent it. fall meal? <laughs> a succulent turkey meal. <laughs> now, this is good, though. It's It makes it crushable, but it's not so sickeningly sweet, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm really enjoying this so far. I haven't had too many pumpkin beers this season. I don't know about you, but 
Um, I've had exactly zero. <laughs> and you've had exactly one. But yeah, definitely a good fall beer. It kind of bridges the gap between, you know, not being a, a pumpkin spice beer, mm-hmm. but also like appealing to somebody who, um, you know, necessarily doesn't enjoy the pumpkin beers, those overly cinnamony coffee nutmeg beers. Yeah. Um, you can still get like the brown ale, like the original beer is still present, I think, enough, mm-hmm. which I I respect because a lot of times it seems like these places just want to chock it full of all the spices to emulate, you know, something from Starbucks, which I can understand it appeals to, you know, certain demographics. The white girls. Yeah. <laughs> it's the the white girl beer of, of fall. Yeah, it's funny you say Starbucks because I was going to rate this on like a the PSL scale, you know, the pumpkin spice latte scale. It's mm. definitely not a pumpkin spice latte. And to me, it's more like a... Uh, you know, an Americano that you put some pumpkin pie spice into and no sweetener, no cream. That's kind of where I'm at. It's not a PSL. It's almost like a pumpkin coffee without the Mm -hmm. additives. Yeah. It's like like you have some pumpkin beans or something. Yeah. You know, and they definitely play with that a little bit. Some, some roasters will, you know, have some tasting notes on those, uh, coffee roasts, but yeah, like I said, a little bit bitter, a little bit drying, not overly sweet. Still get a little bit of some like authentic roasted pumpkin flavor, and then some spice. Which, yeah, again, you make it makes it kind of earthy. It makes it uh, mellowed out. I think more approachable, like you mentioned, is is a good word to use it. It's approachable, a bit crushable for a pumpkin beer, and only six percent, so it makes it a little bit easier to to down. Yeah, yeah. So this is a great great pick, and thanks Matt for sending that. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm excited to try some of the fest beers as well that came in the box. Oh, yeah. And, uh, speaking of fest beers, October fest season is not quite done for us yet. This upcoming weekend, we'll be going to the Casino Brewing October fest. Looking forward to that one. It's a nice, uh, open air kind of a deal. Is it in the Whirly Gay Park or is it on, in their outdoor area this time? So when we went last year, I- you and Lauren were actually in Oktoberfest in Germany, <laughs> but Jen and I went last year and they actually had it on the side of their building where, where they have their own beer garden. Oh, okay. They had some tents out there, uh, but they had, you know, vendors on the street and I believe you could go across the street to the Whirly Gig Park, but the actual serving was done at the beer garden outside of their brewery. So I'm not actually sure this year if they're going to do the same thing. The other thing is weather is looking a little bit up in the air. Which, no yes. pun intended. Yeah, I mean, that's where weather comes from. But um, <laughs> yeah, so we may have to be under some tents and things like that. But we will uh, tough it out. I think it's going to be a rain or shine event. Yep. Nobody can rain on my later hosen. No. Yeah. I mean, nothing like wet leather. Nothing. <laughs> 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 that's got to be. A- <laughs> That's so funny to me. I don't know. It's like that's an original a, sentence. That's a t-shirt. There's nothing like <laughs> wet leather. I'm like wet leather. <laughs> oh, I really just want to get a t-shirt made that says that, but then I would never wear it because I'm like, I was like, what the hell? Are you there's nothing about? like wet leather. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's so disturbing, but so comical at the same time. But, well, and there's, you know, like actual leather. It's, it would just get, I don't know, gross. I feel like I was looking it up. There's a song called wet leather is there really i don't know if i want to listen to it but 
Yeah, we'll, we'll check that out later. But yeah, so that first beer from Tripping Animals, the pumpkin delic, pretty good. Yeah, and it's a good segue into our topic of the day. Uh, as usual, the title of the episode probably gave away what we were talking about, but in case you just clicked play and didn't read anything at all, we are going to talk about pumpkin beers today. Uh, you know, we were very inspired by uh, old Griffo's beer, sending us a, you know, little little mystery box. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we've messaged with Matt before, and he's a bit of a, a beer, or a pumpkin beer connoisseur, and... Definitely has it, an eye and a, a palate for picking out good ones. And so we're excited to try the rest of these because so far the Tripping Animals one is kind of in my wheelhouse for a pumpkin beer or like a you know a seasonal fall beer. These other two will do the first one up here. Uh, they're actually from the same brewery, Tampa Bay Brewing Company, of course, located in Miami. Miami. <laughs> uh, but they're pretty famous for this one. I think we've had some Tampa Bay Brewing Company beers before from Say Matt. That actually, that's fast. Yeah, no, I had to really slow down. We'll say some TBBC, which isn't TBBC much easier. Kind of confuses me because of the TBC Tarboro Brewing. Yeah, that's true. I so mean, we'll much. say Tampa Bay beer. Yeah. So yeah, they've got a pretty famous pumpkin ale called Gourds Gone Wild. Ooh! And spoiler alert: we have a follow-up that we'll crack a little bit later. Which is their imperial gourds gone wild? So, I feel like they could have said gourd, gourds gone wilder. Yeah, I mean fall break. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe a missed opportunity there. So the first one up is just the original pumpkin ale, the gourds gone wild. So they clocked this one also at six percent ABV, and it actually contains lactose. So that'll be interesting. Mm. I don't think you see that a ton unless they're actually trying to make it like a pumpkin spice latte esque, yeah. where you're adding in that kind of dairy or lactose component. So I maybe that's what will be. Pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. Get we'll a dose this... of the toast. <laughs> dose of the toast. We'll see how this uh, matches up on your PSL scale. You know, we got these 6% beers in episode number 66. We've had two 6% beers in a row. I have a feeling that the Imperial Gourds Gone Wild is going to break that trend. Two six percent beers on episode sixty six. Coincidence? Near Halloween. Actually, if only it was episode number six hundred sixty six with three six percent beers. That would be real spooky, dude. Man, can you imagine if we do six hundred sixty six episodes? Oh my gosh! How old will we be? I'm not going to do the math right now because six hundred episodes from now, we do one episode every two weeks, so that would take. I'm not going to do that. I'm doing the math right now. I'm doing the math. <laughs> well, I'll stop there. 1,200 weeks. Somebody else let me know how many years that is. I'm not doing it. But it's over 60 years, right? 1,200 divided by 52. Or it's close to... Be close to 60 years. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, if you think about it, so we, we do about 26 episodes a year... Let's just round it down to 25. 20, 23 years. Ooh, that's bad math, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave that in just because everyone can laugh at me and shame me for my... 23 years. My quick math skills. Oh, we won't be that old. 
Um, oh, also didn't notice this but, or note this, but we're taking, uh, we're saving a little bit of these beers for Elsie to try mm-hmm. if she so desires. Yep. We're not holding out on her. So anyway, Gord's Gone Wild. Gord's Gone Wild. Looking at, what kind of, what style? Did you say this was a stout? Uh, this, what's the one actually just touts itself as a pumpkin ale? Okay. Uh, the okay. other one, the Imperial is an Imperial pumpkin stout. I, I was going to say appearance out. was going to be non-stoutly. If it was a stout, definitely it, lighter in color. Yeah, it's um, kind of looks like cream soda. <laughs> so this one is characterized as like a pumpkin beer or yam beer, and so I'm imagining it's probably just going to be either a, a pale ale or mm-hmm. some kind of like red ale. It's yam. It could be. It could be maybe a red ale. I'm not sure, but it's very clean, very clear looking. But it's got you know just. A slightly more prominent or a slightly less prominent head, off white, um, maybe a touch of effervescence, but not. Re- I mean, it's just. It looks a lot lighter in color than the last one for yeah. sure. Yeah. Smells Ooh. sweet. Definitely smells a lot sweeter than the tripping animals, and less spicy. It yeah. kind of smells like. Pumpkin-y cream soda to me. Ooh, that's a good comparison. Because it does smell like sweet and creamy. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can almost see this being, yeah, like a pumpkin like ice cream or shake or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't have that earthy undertone like the last one did. Wow. It's, it's more of like a warm, inviting, like, come on in. Come on have in. Some the beer's pumpkin. fine. Have some pumpkin juice. Ooh. Much sweeter. Oh, for sure. Yeah, wow. This seems like something that would be in Hogsmeade. And, it uh, does, kind of. That's what I was thinking. It reminds me of, like, you know, butterbeer if pumpkin, you get it from Maybe this is what old. the pumpkin juice is that they drink all the time. Oh, yeah. I swear those kids were just As getting As wizards can turn. <laughs> I'm magic! <laughs> <laughs> now you're just freaking hammered. <laughs> I'm Harry Potter. I went to Hogwarts. I'm freaking trash. Mm. You know, the more, again, power suggestion is a big thing. It really does have like a cream soda vibe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some about it. It even looks like it in the glass. It's like a little darker. Yeah. Caramel color. Sweet. Cream soda. Definitely has more of that dessert beer vibe to oh, it. Oh, for sure. Um. The last one I, I mentioned, I that one was just kind of like a nice fall, seasonal, warm... More of a crusher. Under like the fire beer. The last one, yeah. Yeah. This one, I kind of want to... It's sweeter, but I want to sip it. Yeah. Something about something being like kind of syrupy sweet makes me approach it slower than something that is a little bit more bitter or robust. Well, or it's earthy. funny because it does have like a bitter, kind of a creeping bitterness that bites in at the end. It's like... Where the last one was just kind of more bitter up front, where it's that earthy, spicy, and more just like, you know, easier to drink a little faster. And this one has like a uh, pretty sweet hit that fades out. You get some of that spice on the end. So reading uh, the style guide for this beer on Untapped, this is... They're fall seasonal beer. They do this all the time. I don't know how many years they've been in the the making, but so 
solid malty backbone, pumpkin pie spice, which provides aromas of nutmeg, cloves, vanilla. That's a big one. Vanilla. And roasted pecans. So the vanilla, I think, is what is leading me to that cream soda comparison. And you mentioned it, so it's also in my head, but definitely can smell the vanilla. But it just smells and tastes creamy and sweet. Like I said, either like it's a pumpkin ice yeah. cream or like pumpkin whipped cream or something yeah, and light I, and delicate. But it also then finishes with a bit of that spice coming through. Mm-hmm. You know, I think why it's, uh, it's like inviting and warm. Did your mom ever have one of those like warm vanilla sugar like Yankee candles or whatever they were? <laughs> like vanilla. Mm. That's what this reminds me Yankee of. Yankee candle. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned that because in doing some reading for the episode, I was scouring through Reddit, the homebrewing subreddit, and people talked about trying to avoid having like Yankee Candle beers, <laughs> and I totally get that. But um, yeah, no, it's just I think the vanilla is just like it's just such a warm fall smell for me, like just the sweet vanilla, and that's yeah. what's like overwhelming me with this beer. It's like a little, it's like not too much pumpkin. It's more just like sweet pumpkin-esque dessert. Yeah, and I'm kind of wondering if they actually have any pumpkin in the beer or if it's just the the adjunct flavors, that like the pumpkin spice flavors, yeah. which is very possible. Um, I wonder if they would share the the mash bill for this one. Might be able to look that up. But... Really couldn't be much more different between the two beers we've had so far. They both have one thing in common, which is that they're a seasonal beer. They're meant to be a pumpkin beer. But as far as their profiles, they're pretty far apart, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But both really enjoyable. I mean, I'm not going to pass up a, a sweet kind of creamy dessert beer like this one. But I think I might prefer the pumpkin delic brown ale from tripping animals of these two. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see the, the next, the Imperial Gorge on a yeah. while, because that's going to be a little more robust and roasty. I think I'm, I'm laughing because I'm was reading, uh, you know, trying to find like if they actually use pumpkin in it or not, which it's, it's pumpkin beer. So it's gotta, if it's listed, I think as like, it's a pumpkin beer. I think it does have to have something in it. But I guess we'll find out later when we go over the BJCP stuff. But uh, this one comment on here, it's Beer Advocate, and they're like, very yummy. Not as sweet as some other pumpkin beers. And that's a good thing. Only 200 <laughs> calories and 4 grams of carbs. So there's less guilt drinking it than others. <laughs> I was like, I never oh, thought buddy. of it. Like, well, I'm going to grab a pumpkin beer and be like, nah, is this low carb? Oh, this is low carb pumpkin beer. Only Actually, only 200 calories is pretty impressive, though. Yeah. But, yeah, so... I don't, that's such a good segue. You mentioned that, you know, whether or not it has to have pumpkin, does it contain pumpkin? Does it not? What kind of pumpkin's in it? You know, it really was something that I wasn't super aware of because I don't drink a lot of pumpkin beers. Mm-mm. And I kind of just made assumptions that you know, they're just, you know, cubing up some pumpkin and throwing it in there. But, you know, there's actually some really rich history to the pumpkin beer. Uh, so, right off the bat, I'll just, we'll kind of go into a little bit of the 
descriptions of a pumpkin beer or pumpkin ale. The terms are kind of used synonymously, even though there is a distinction or there is sort of a, a, a correct way to de- define them. We'll go into the history a little bit after that too. So really, if you're talking about a pumpkin ale or a pumpkin beer, it can describe any kind of base beer style with the addition of some pumpkin ingredients, either roasted pumpkin, some other kind of roasted gourds, or actually, according to BJCP, you can bypass the use of any of those pumpkins or gourds and actually just add any kind of spices that are synonymous with you know, the fall season with like a pumpkin pie, any kind of uh, just spicy, earthy, phenolic adjuncts, you know, your cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, you've got some ginger, clove, all those things can create what we know now as like a pumpkin beer. But the history of the pumpkin beer actually goes back until 1700s, perhaps earlier, we know that the first recorded recipe of a pumpkin beer comes from 1771. So this is around the time with you know the early colonists and their That's old in America. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This beer actually I Take mean Take that Bud Light. Pumpkin beer yeah. <laughs> Pumpkin beers actually have a rich history being an American original beer because they came uh so when the colonists settled here in the Americas, uh they you know, they were brewing beer as you know people did, but they didn't have the access to those European barley malts. And so they were finding different ways to add in the necessary uh, fermentable sugars. So, you know, they added things like corn and other crops and through sort of communication and uh, learning different agriculture from Native Americans, they got introduced to like gourds and particularly pumpkins and found that pumpkins made a really good substitute as a source of the fermentable sugar to make the yeah. beer. So they were making these pumpkin beers, and they were actually made with pumpkin. Uh, not necessarily because they wanted a you know, a fancy fall beer, but just because we, they didn't have the right They didn't have enough malt. barley. They didn't have any barley. So, barley. So something out of necessity kind of spurned a movement that, was maybe a couple hundred years in the making because yeah. as time went on and as it was more accessible to get the barley malt from Europe, and of course, you know, you can start growing your barley. Uh, they just didn't need to use the pumpkin as much yeah. and it kind of phased out and wasn't really a popular addition to brews anymore until you come to 1986. In a brewery in California, they sort of revived what we know as the modern pumpkin beer. This is Buffalo Bill's Brewery. So they still have this today, the America's Original Pumpkin Ale, and it was actually inspired by a recipe that George Washington used. So pretty interesting, pretty fun history that it was, you know, a couple hundred years prior to that, that early American colonists were just, we got to get some fermentable sugar in our beer to make it work. And so they found pumpkin as a good source. And then now here we are in 2023 and people are like, craving this every time we get to you know september october but uh i actually haven't i didn't know they still had that original beer from 1986 uh but actually uh, i looked on untapped and it doesn't have like a super favorable average rating yeah I i think it's just because it's such a traditional homage to an old recipe that it is a little bit too like gordy for people and it doesn't have 
the like what we come to know is like a pumpkin spice or like a pumpkin flavor. Mm-hmm. We kind of associate pumpkin flavor now with like all the other adjuncts Spices, that we put in not it. Just so pumpkin itself. Yeah, that that's the thing. Just because you're first doesn't mean you're best. <laughs> uh, but you know, you're you're more true to the style. I mean, if George Washington. Right. If it was, was good enough uh, for him, it's good enough yeah. for us. He's like, I can't just chew on these pumpkins. I got wooden teeth. <laughs> I gotta make some beer out of them. That's really, I mean, I think one of the more fun facts about George Washington was that he was a home brewer. I mean, I'm just he's like the founding father, and he's just in ho- at home, just like, oh, I've got to get my stout in the in the carboy. I've got to start fermenting that baby, you know? Like, yeah, can you imagine being the craft brewer, you know, back then, no, and, and the president comes in, and he's like, hey, you want to try my homebrew? You want to try my homebrew? Hey, can you try my homebrew? Let's do a bottle share. Let's do <laughs> George Washington's bottle share. Ben oh, Franklin's bringing in some like crazy man. stouts, and and like nothing was regulated back then. Like those guys probably were just getting trashed on these. Oh yeah, like eleven percent brews. They're just like <laughs> Jefferson's total haze boy. <laughs> <laughs> Jefferson was a haze boy. <laughs> he was the OG haze boy. That's funny. Um, yeah, just a a rich history in the U.S. and you know now we're like fast forwarding to. Pumpkin explosion. Yeah, I mean it's it's everything. Pu- everything's pumpkin. pumpkin this time of year. Pumpkin hummus. Is pumpkin is that real? Yeah, pumpkin oh. hummus. I saw it and I was like, "Wow, I don't know." I'm kind of scared. Yeah, I mean it's pumpkin bread, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin coffee, ice cream. You name it. I mean it's just you get to the fall season and that's what everybody craves. So it's natural that it's like probably one of the more popular seasonal brews that we have in in the world now when it comes to craft beer. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you've got your tried and true staples like your Sam Adams have have been doing the Jack of Pumpkin Ale, uh, Elysian. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, a lot of the Pacific Northwest breweries, and a lot of them are still using actual pumpkin in the the recipe. But there's ways that, you know, they kind of get around having the like pulpy kind of like uh, grainy not super appetizing pumpkins that we think of when we're like carving pumpkins. So, yeah. Um, you know, I actually saw one of these the other day. Where was I? I saw a thing. It was like labeled pie pumpkins. And I was like, what? Pie pumpkins. Are all pumpkins for pies? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't I realize no there was a difference. And you know, they were little, they were little, pie, little pumpkins. I was like, that seems like it'd be a huge pain to harvest all the flesh from these pumpkins. Well, yeah. That's not a very morbid, I'm going to harvest the <laughs> flesh of the pumpkins. Very Halloween uh, themed. But yeah, like, seems like you just need a lot of those guys to, to make a, a pie. Yeah. So I, apparently the, the pie pumpkins, their, their flesh is a little more dense and not as like stringy. So I've never actually messed with any of those because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not really a big pumpkin baker yeah <laughs> but <you're> uh, not. <laughs> no i'm not really a big baker in general unless yeah. i can take it out of a plastic wrap and throw it on Do a it sheet in there. yeah ready to bake totino's pizza rolls totino's baby bake those <laughs> things up um yeah so we kind of talked about uh we alluded earlier to bjcp so mm-hmm. they actually do have a judging category. It's not strictly a pumpkin beer category, but as of now, the most current guidelines for beer styles, it falls under the uh, spiced beer category, which is category 30, but they have subcategory 30B, which is the autumn seasonal beer. 
And interestingly, I think after that comes the 30C category, which is the winter seasonal beer. So mm. uh, I didn't really realize that seasonal beers would have their own judging category. But uh, as far as BJCP is concerned, the autumn seasonal beer, they're uh, just, as, they, as the name suggests, they're synonymous with the cooler autumn weather and the harvest season. So they may include pumpkin or other squashes and gourds. And uh, the associated spices, like we mentioned earlier. So they're basically a specialty type beer. And the interesting thing is just because there's so much fluidity to what base beer you want to use yeah. for your pumpkin beer or your seasonal beer, there's you know going to be a wide range of uh, appearance and aroma, ABV, original gravity, that kind of thing. But uh, kind of some overall impressions, it's going to be somewhere around an amber color to maybe a brown like we've seen today so far. Um, beers are typically spiced. They've got a moderately rich body and slightly warming finish, suggesting a good accompaniment for the cool fall season and often evocative of Thanksgiving traditions. Yeah. And that's funny because you kind of think about pumpkin beers and like Halloween, but really, it, it really brings to mind like harvest, which is more of a Thanksgiving kind of yeah. um, implication. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like we'll see, lots of darker versions are allowed. Generally, the beers are, you know, pretty clear uh, with a little bit of chill haze and off-white to, to a tan head. So we've kind of seen that to a T so far uh, with those. Aromas kind of range from what we smelled so far, you know, candied yams, pumpkin pie, and a nice malty base. And then you can get things like brown sugar, honey molasses, and whatnot. You might find some alcohol too, depending on how strong that beer is, mm -hmm. which we might find in the next nose of the next one. And then the flavors are, you know, kind of as to be expected from there. Yeah, I was actually curious about whether or not there would be discussion of like yam beers or sweet potato beers with this uh, like pumpkin beer style, just because that was actually kind of my first like fall seasonal beer introduction was having sweet potato beers. I think growing up in the Midwest, you know, that was a pretty accessible crop. And so a lot of the smaller Midwest breweries were making sweet potato or yam beers, but they taste very similar to me because again, it's, you're adding sort of like a starchy uh, crop basically to your, to your malt and, then you're adding in a lot of times the uh, adjunct spice flavors and things like that. And so often if you're adding in those spices and those other fermentable sugars, like the end product kind of takes over with that spice flavor being most prominent. Um, if you're having cinnamon and like clove and nutmeg yeah. and allspice, those are going to overpower your pumpkin or your gourd or your yam. So they are kind of not necessarily synonymous, but they are in a very similar category when it comes to like judging a, a style for, uh, for yeah. as far as BJCP is concerned. Yeah. And an interesting thing is, you know, to be entered as an autumn seasonal beer, um, basically the BJCP specifies that the beer must contain spices, but may or may not contain vegetables and or sugars. So it has to have the spice. So yeah, it has to have spice spices. beer. Okay. Yeah, it says that the entrant must specify the base style, doesn't have to be a classic style, and they must specify the types of spices, herbs, or vegetables used. Interesting, yeah. 
that, that that's actually it's it's a requisite to have the spice, which makes sense for being a spi- spice beer. Kind of as far as like being judged, <laughs> but because um, it just makes you realize that you know a lot of pumpkin beers may not actually have any pumpkin whatsoever. But something I was reading on Reddit too with the homebrew subreddit, you know, a lot of the a lot of the breweries that have real pumpkin in their beer, uh, you know, they'll make it known. And I don't know if that's like a pride thing or, or it's just meant to you know, invite people in that are looking for an authentic beer that has, mm. you know, like roasted pumpkin in it. But it's to warn all the people with the gourd allergies. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, our pumpkin is pumpkin free. Let's make that popular. Yeah, gourd allergies. <laughs> I'm pumpkin free. I don't know. I'm allergic to butternut squash. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be awful. And actually, that's funny. Is I think butternut squash is used quite a bit because the, like, pie pumpkins you talked about... Mm-hmm. Those are actually like very close relatives of the, mm-hmm. they're in the same family as like butternut squash, I believe, and like acorn squash. So a lot of that extra like sweetness, that flesh that's actually more delectable, like you typically will eat squash. Um, pumpkins, I think generally like the jack-o'-lantern pumpkins, mm-hmm. they're just not appetizing, even if you roast them. Yeah. I mean, the seeds are okay, but yeah, they're just like really stringy and like the flesh is not quite as like succulent, mm-hmm. so... No, completely off topic, but squash is one of those words that the more you think about it, the more it like doesn't seem like a real word. Sounds just like just like an onomatopoeia, you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah. Squash. Yeah, and then you've got like the sport squash, which is I have no clue Squash yeah. What it is. I'm gonna play squash while eating squash while squashing some bugs. Isn't that what they play in American Psycho? He's like, Oh, we play squash on Friday? I think it's I like that was even a game. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Squash, not at the squash, squash. Well, we've got just a little bit left to wrap up on, but should we crack this last crack pumpkin it. beer? So this is the Imperial Gourds Gone Wild, touted as an, uh, an Imperial Pumpkin Stout. So I'm expecting a darker color and perhaps a bit more of a robust, roasty flavor. We'll see. Yeah, I, I can just see as I open the can, this is a lot darker. Dark. Yeah, definitely darker here. We've yeah. got uh, a dark brown. Uh, it, there's some light passing through, but it's it's fighting... Uh, it's yeah, fighting mainly its way. at the edges of the glass. Yeah, and it's got a pretty... Pretty good head. Pretty good head, yeah. Tan. Reminds me of, like, you know, if you've got coffee with, like, some crema or, like, an espresso drink. Yeah. Uh, wow, but interesting that this may be a similar... I, I guess, I don't know, because the other one was not a stout, so these may be completely different recipes. We'll see. But this, this one is... Yeah. A little bit elevated ABV at 8%. Also contains lactose. Also contains the toast. So a second dose of the toast. Dose, toast. Um, Yeah, noticeably not quite as sweet on the nose. No, it's kind of almost like a mix between the two. The last two that we've had. 
Still got some sweetness, but also have a lot more spice present. It's not, it's less of that just like sweet cream vanilla kind of smell Mm -hmm. and more like spice. And actually you can smell a little bit more of that elevated ABV, um, the alcohol kind of wafting up a little bit out of that. Did we say what it was? 8%. So not much more, but still a little bit higher. I think some of the higher pumpkin beers I've had as far as alcohol content have been in the range of like 8 to 10%. There might be some that I've had that are a little bit above that. But um, And that's one thing that was you know interesting to me is it seems like more often than not, we're finding pumpkin beers with ABVs in this range. We had two earlier that were 6%, mm-hmm. but it's pretty commonplace to have a pumpkin beer that's going to be 8 9%. That's not 12, super, 14, yeah. 27. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're getting into moonshine territory eventually. but um, And I, I think that's probably a, a likely cause of having a lot of fermentable sugar in the beer. Because these beers really, when you're adding pumpkin, you're adding in things like, you know, some of them have molasses or maple syrup or other kind of like fall seasonal mm-hmm. sugary adjuncts. There's a lot of fermentable sugar for, you know, the beer. And particularly, we didn't really emphasize this, but pumpkins were picked by the colonists as a substitute for not having access to the malt because like pumpkin has a high level of fermentable sugar in the flesh of that uh, crop. And so compared to some other crops, it was just like highly uh, fermentable and so now you're taking that, adding in with your like normal malt bill because nobody's doing really a traditional like full pumpkin beer anymore except for maybe that place in California. But then you're adding in some other sugary adjuncts. And so you can definitely get a little bit of an elevated ABV just from having a lot of that yeast uh, just munching down on the sugar, mm-hmm. rising up and getting a really boozy product. But I think that kind of goes well with the style because – Alcohol can be perceived as sweetness as well, and so it can kind of take an otherwise maybe not so sweet beer and kind of raise the sweetness a touch. Oh yeah, and plus it gives you some of that warmth, you know, like the little rosy cheeks that you're kind of expecting mm. from a fall to winter warmer, something you want in cooler weather. Here's rosy cheeks, high ABV, you know, helps boost boost that mm. warming sensation. So yeah. kind of goes hand in hand, I think, with the with the style. Yeah, some more fermentable sugars, but you still have a pretty decent, like, final gravity because you got, you know, a lot of sweetness still in there. So Mm -hmm. there's some of those non-fermentables or just not completely finished fermentation, so. And with this one, I'm noticing the mouthfeel seems to be a little bit more silky. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not quite as dry, whereas the first one was kind of a bit dry. Uh, Silky, a little bit smooth, medium body, but... um, Definitely with like retronasal faction getting some of that alcohol. Oh, for sure. Um, but it, yeah, like I said, it's warming. It's like a warming sensation. It's not not like a shot of whiskey where it's burning in your chest, but definitely works well as like, I'm picturing drinking this on a, a chilly evening and it would definitely help warm you up. Oh, for sure. I think brown ales and stouts are winning right now for me as far as like a base beer for pumpkin yeah pumpkin brews just because you have a a really solid foundation of some earthy and roasty beer and then you're adding some sweetness to it adding some of the you know sugar from the pumpkin from 
uh, adding some of the spices from those adjuncts and it's kind of balancing itself out. Whereas you might have a lighter style adding in those spices, they're going to really, you know, overpower it. And then you might get something that's too sweet or too spicy. Yeah. Uh, the untapped style guide says Imperial pumpkin ale is hauntingly complex. <laughs> viscous. Hauntingly. I almost read it as vicious. So I was like, hmm, hauntingly and vicious. Now viscous and a bit darker than that of its brethren. Deep caramel aromas intermingle with even more pumpkin pie, vanilla, graham cracker, and nutmeg. Roasted rich body matches up with medium mouthfeel, followed by a creamy pumpkin pie eruption. <laughs> a more vicious version of our award-winning Gourds Gone Wild. Wow. That's quite the description. And uh, let's see if we got any good reviews. I always like it reading like people's untapped reviews. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the Gourds Gone Wild has an average three point eight six global rating, which is pretty great for a pumpkin beer. But Imperial Gourds Gone Wild has a four point global average rating, so even better. Yeah, not many written comments on this. Uh, goodness, nobody wrote anything funny. I'm scrolling. What do we think the average was for the pumpkin delic? Yeah, I'm going to give that a 392. I'm going to say a 377. And yeah, I guess that's less sweet, so people may be oh, able Oh, 3.58. I think that's a little oh, kind of yeah, low. That is, that is way too low. I enjoyed it quite a bit more than 3.58. My goodness. I've also gotten so liberal in my ratings on there. I'm like, yeah, that's, <laughs> fine. that's good. That's a 4.5. That's a 100. Yeah. I think I've actually gone the other way because I realized I was giving out fours or three seven fives so like everything and now i've been giving out more 3.5s and if i get something over a four then i'm really it's pretty a fan good. of it yeah yeah that's kind of how i was rocking i'm like yeah three five three seven five if something's really good then a four five yeah i think i've only given out like one or two fives yeah you gotta really earn that five but i don't know so if you were looking at these three side by side how would you rank them one through three you know, I, I really liked Pumpkin Delic. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of just fits my vibe. It, I, I, I don't know. It, it depends. I think it's it's wholly dependent. I think they were all three good beers. Uh, I liked the earthy, like, less sweetness. So, like, if we're on the PSL scale, you know, that one I said was like a coffee-flavored Pumpkin-flavored coffee, black. Mm-hmm. And I'm more of a black coffee kind of guy, so right. I think that's up my alley. The uh, Gourds Gone Wild original version, you know, maybe that was like a, you know, a, a pumpkin sweet foam cold brew. Ooh. What yeah, are they those, got like, over cold there? foam, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, sweet foam. Yeah, yeah, like one of those. And this one is more, you know, tipping the scales towards PSL territory for me. You know, it's not as creamy, but it's got that warmth. It's got the sweetness. It's got the spice. It's kind of got all of those PSL elements. So yeah. I think they all have their, you know, have their place. Yeah. But. Yeah. Th- I mean, I think it's lucky that Matt sent us three different beers. And granted, two of them are actually from the same brewery. So that's yeah. pretty interesting that they were so big contrasts of each other. But I would agree. I think if I'm doing just like a no thinking about it ranking. I would do the Tripping Animals, Pumpkin Delic, then the Imperial Gourds Gone Wild, and then the original Gourds Gone Wild as my mm-hmm. one, two, three. Yeah, I think I'm in the same 
same boat. But it would just yeah, it would totally depend on situation and what I'm you know if I'm wanting to share some like good pumpkin beers with a wider audience, I probably would go with the Gourds Gone Wild because I think that would appeal to more people. Just being a little bit sweeter, that vanilla, that kind of cream soda. Yeah, you're you're gonna land more um, with land with more people than you might with the more roasty kind of higher ABV or the less sweet and more spicy beer. Yeah. So, and I think we drank them in a good order too. They build. Yeah. They build. They all kind of built on each other in a yeah. in a nice way. So if you're doing like a pumpkin tasting or a little pumpkin flight you want to do, or you just want to drink three beers, <laughs> uh, I would suggest drinking them in that order. Yeah, and if you've had these, let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, we'll be definitely reading Matt's comments on Untapped, and we'll be checking these in as well. But uh, pretty fun just drinking those beers. It was fun enough, but then kind of learning a little bit about the history of brewing pumpkin beers and how it's evolved over the last few hundred years. But Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Elsie is nap-trapped by the baby. Mm. I can go grab a pick of the week. Sure. We can do that. All right, mate. We're going to do it. We're going to win. We've got an LC's pick of the week. LC's pick of the week. Minus LC. Minus LC. <laughs> uh, disclaimer, Joe knows what this pick of the week is. He saw it as LC passed it off. So, uh, Nicholas, assume the position. So here we got a beer. It's very beery. It's got some beer to it. Nick, I'll strong d- notes of beer on the nose. I'm gonna, I'm gonna narrate Nick's tasting. He's giving the glass a swirl, deep inhale, the deepest inhale. I don't think you could inhale any deeper than that. Really, really nice hop aroma. It's pretty juicy, bit floral, bit floral. Okay, so really nice, like well-balanced hop aroma. I'm getting some juicy notes, some floral notes, maybe a bit piney, but not overly aggressive, not too like resinous and bitter smelling. You know, I've had this before. I've only ever had it out of the can, though. Much better experience in a in glass. glass. Glassware really helps. It does have a pretty like fresh, like pungent hop smell. Pungent. The aroma like reminds me of when you have a chance if you're at a brewery tour and you get some hot pellets or some hot flakes and you're running the uh, rubbing them between your hands and getting those loopy linen oils out. Just eat them raw. Yeah, and you're just munching on raw hops. <laughs> which they actually strongly advise against. <laughs> also strongly advise against ever making that noise again. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. That is just so nice smelling. I mean, we're going from like a bunch of pumpkin spice beers and uh, uh, that made me think of the grapefruit video. <laughs> That's all I'm oh, gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which for some reason made a resurgence in my TikTok the other day. Yeah, of course it did. It just smells really nice. Like I haven't taken a single sip yet, and I would just if if I had this beer and I smelled it. I'd be like, wow, this is a great beer. I'd already I'd already score it like a four point two five at least. Candle that Yankee. <laughs> yeah, what if Yankee does like <laughs> like uh Yakima hop yeah <laughs> candles or something? I don't yeah. know. Hayes Bros candles. Yo, let me get this mosaic hop 
candle from Yankees. Your dog, why your apartment smells so dank and musty? Oh, it's because you're a drug dealer? I thought you were just into craft beer. Hmm. Okay, so... Mouthfeel seemingly light. Light body, pretty thin. Not too carbonated. Not too crisp. But it is a bit drying. A little bit bitter finish. But I'm getting up front like... Either some kind of like citrus or maybe uh, tropical fruit. Mm. I have a feeling the the notes on this one are gonna really stump me. Like I feel like there's a there's a fruit flavor that I I'm not gonna be able to place, and it makes me wonder what hops are in this pumpkin, <laughs> pumpkin hops, pumpkin hops. Well, uh, Jen's bunny pumpkin does hop, so... Oh, snap! Figure that one out. This this one definitely starts off sweet, finishes bitter, which is kind of an interesting dichotomy. When you start off with something kind of like citrusy and sweet, and then it like lingers, and it mellows out and finishes kind of like piney, resinous, bitter... I mean, obviously, we're dealing with an IPA here. And IPA. I'd have to venture to say that it's a hazy IPA. Ooh, although it's not it's hazy not in appearance. It's not hazy, yeah. So that makes me, now that I've looked at it, I actually hadn't even looked at it, uh, but it has to make me question that decision a little bit. Um, maybe like an American IPA? I don't know. It's not overly bitter, so I don't think it's a West Coast. I'm going to say it's an American IPA. This is a North Carolina beer. Okay. Is this from somewhere in Charlotte? No. Maybe. Depends maybe where Pittsburgh is. Oh. Uh, Pittsburgh might be. Is it a suburb of Charlotte, maybe? I don't actually know. That's what I was racking my brain trying to figure out. Well, I'll just I'll just leave it at that American IPA. You should have stuck with your original guess. Was it a hazy IPA? It's a hazy IPA. Minus the haze. Minus the haze. It's a maybe a chill uh, haze, but not really. This is Carolina Brewery Paddle Days oh, Hazy Carolina. IPA. Seasonal release. Okay, I was gonna say I don't think I recognize that because they've they're kind of more known for their flagship beers, including the Sky Blue Kolsch. Yeah, it's actually was it's, it's a little it's it was canned in March, so it's been chilling, but yeah. it holds up. I mean, it holds up pretty, pretty dang well. Yeah, it's a more of a summer release beer. Okay, um, you it's know, a summer IPA, perfect for Rocky Rapids lazy rizzer, <laughs> lazy rizzers, lazy <laughs> rivers, and everything in between. Lazy rizzers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't put effort into my riz. Yeah, I just got that riz. I don't have the it's natural riz. So uh, you know. Uh, but these kids and their slang today. Hops. What you got to guess? Ooh. Uh, how, how many? How many different ones? Three hops. There's three total. Three total. Two of them you can probably be like, okay, all right, got it. Let's do Citra. Check. Mm, mosaic. Check. And the third one might be tough. 
Uh, wow, if I could go three for three. That would be, I'd be impressed. Thoroughly. Chinook? Mm. Idaho 7. Idaho 7. Idaho 7? You know what's funny is I was trying to think, like, I knew there was some kind of Idaho hop, but I couldn't remember what it was called. I was thinking it was like Idaho, it's like. Just a potato. I thought it was like a start with a Y or something, like a, like not Yakima, but like Yukon or something. Is there like a Yukon hop variety? Yukon gold potatoes Yukon from gold. Idaho. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> that was the confusion. Yeah, this is and this is episode 66. Guess what the ABV is? 6.6. You got it. 6.6%. You're like, nope, 7.3. <laughs> no, it's 12. <laughs> but 6.6% uh, pairs well with paddleboarding, camping, odds? kayaking. And a trout. And Actually, that looks like a salmon. <laughs> I'm assuming that means fishing, but and a trout a <laughs> pairs well with brook and or rainbow trout. Huh? Yeah, it's, it's you don't just see a that, picture of you don't see that often. Uh, a brew, a beer will like give you the pairing notes for activities, activities for, and food. I don't think it really is for food. It's just, I oh, think for it means fishing. fishing. Maybe uh, <laughs> it just is kind of funny because it just is like a fish. Oh. Uh, that's pretty good. Do they know what fishing is? You know, you could have represented the fishing rod. Have you fished before? Have you fished? Wow. But seriously, mind blown. Episode 66, we had two back-to-back 6% beers, yep. unplanned. Unplanned. And then a 6.6% LC pick of the week. Look at that. We didn't drink six. Be- we didn't drink 66 beers. Line them up. I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, but... <laughs> I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, but that's just a conspiracy. But you know, you uh, make your own determination based on the facts. Um, yeah, Bill Gates, my microchip. Yeah, actually, it's probably a microchip in this beer that we're consuming. Cool episode. What'd you learn today, Joe? Uh, you know, I think I learned just pumpkin beer is not a pumpkin beer. A lot of variants in between them, just demonstrated by the styles we have there. I usually, you know, think about pumpkin beers in a very sweet context. Mm-hmm. Probably, like, the third one we had is usually, like, the archetypical pumpkin beer when I think about them. But, you know, I was pleasantly surprised by the earthy bitterness and really neutrality from sweetness by the first one we had. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I think... That's a good point. The The third one we had, the Imperial Gourds Gone Wild, that's to me kind of what the modern pumpkin beer is. I think a lot about like Elysian Brewing. They have, you know, the Great Pumpkin. They've got the, uh, what's the one with the werewolf? It's like, oh, well, they actually have a pumpkin pack. It's like a variety pack. They've got like Dark of the Moon, Night Owl, the Great Pumpkin. They have these like, you know, basically Punkachino beers. Like they're <laughs> Is like, there a beer called Punkachino? I think so too. I and sure it might hope be from so. Elysium, but it's basically like this, you know, it's like a pumpkin spice latte or pumpkin cappuccino beer. So these stouts really do well for that, but yeah, yes, I, I think it's Punkachino. Punkachino. I was going to say two for two wet leather Punkachino. That's also really what I learned is it's not a good phrase. <laughs> Nothing worse than wet leather. <laughs> nothing. Be- oh, did you say nothing or, better than wet leather? Or did you I, say I, worse? Yeah, nothing better than wet leather. Uh, um, but yeah, I uh, I learned today that uh, our founding fathers. I mean, 
they they were just down to swap bottles of homebrews and you know you know they were actually the they were the the homebrew pioneers really i mean in the most in the most literal sense possible <laughs> they were homebrew pioneers homebrew pioneers but, you know it's funny to think that homebrewing is not like a, that recent of a, a pastime it's no you know, it just was like outlawed at one point and then signed back into yeah. law and then that's kind of where it kicked back off. It's it's kind of weird. It's kind of crazy to think that actually that prohibition ever occurred, considering that our founding fathers were so into it. Yeah, it's like this country was founded on homebrewing. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we need beer. Why is there not an amendment? There should be an amendment for homebrewing. <laughs> I mean, they were into like making sure that people could bear arms and you know have freedom of speech and the right to homebrew. Yeah. I think that amendment was left out somewhere. Tank tops, the, megaphones, and homebrew beer. Hmm. But yeah. Well, I guess that wraps us up for episode number 66. If you enjoyed what you heard, feel free to interact with us on uh, Instagram, at East Carolina Beer, Facebook, East Carolina Beer, and Brewing. If you want to send us a good old-fashioned email, we're East Carolina Beer at gmail.com. Twitter, we're not so active. Threads, we're on there. Uh, same account as our... Uh, instagram you know the deals but uh best thing to do if you liked it just check us out make sure you leave us a five star review you know now that we're up to 66 you can you can take some time and peruse back through the catalog oh yeah you know if you listen to like three episodes per day you could get through them you know almost in time for the next episode release we'll see depends how dedicated you are if you start now you might catch up our night catch up but uh, that wraps us up and we appreciate you listening see you next time cheers cheers <laughs>